So I woke I woke both me and Erica up laughing this morning and she, like laughing so hard that I couldn't stop. It was a, it was 10 minutes of me laughing. She asked me like what's so funny and I, and like I was coming straight out of a dream and I was laughing like harder than I've ever laughed in my life. Like I was crying. I I I couldn't roll over because I was laughing so hard. I was I had been sleeping mostly on my stomach and my throat hurt. And I couldn't even use my words to tell her what was going on. I have a, we, we have these sleep apps that record us. So here's. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what I sounded like. And it was that the, the guy, the guy, the guy who, who used to run, the guy who, who, who invented the National Lampoon bought national ads to tell everybody in the country, when you go to Kelso, Washington, make sure that you ask for a sandwich. And like, that was the whole ad campaign. There was no, like no resolution to it at all. And so like, just the thought there's there's a part of the the recordings where i'm like crippled with laughter and i say that poor town <laughs> Welcome to A Comics Place Presents, a perfectly acceptable podcast, uh, where every week we get together to talk about a bunch of the wonderful comic books that came out, because we all run a comic store together in Bellingham, Washington. It's a joyous thing. We read a bunch of comics, we come back, we talk about the comics, the comic shop that we run, and engage in a variety of tangents, either related to or unrelated to our lives. Four boys here this week, Mm -hmm. seven good eyes between the four of us, although maybe it's gone. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's somehow just starting the podcast is all that needed to happen. I've had a very severe eyelash in my eye. For several, I would say a good 10 or 15 minutes. I'm Jeff, the eyelash, the eyelash guy. I'm Django. I put it there. I'm Roman, the uh, the Billy Eilish of the group. The I Billy Eyelash? That was good. Oh, sorry, I stepped, all, I stepped all over the hot one. Sorry, who, who are you? I, I'm the new guy. And your name is? It's Sean. Peach Momoko, that's right. We've got Sean Marshall here for you to, to finally. Uh, he has single-handedly... <laughs> <laughs> doubled doubled your sales of comic covers and that's not even talking about the extra people in the store that he's gotten to be excited about your comic covers <laughs> sean it's so nice to have you on the podcast it's been you've only been working here for a short time uh how long a year just about he says next just month. about has it is it next month it's been a year i think so i think august was when i started maybe towards the end of august wow. though wow Sean, tell the people about yourself. Uh, can they see the video portion of this? They can, yeah, yeah. No. They can? Oh. They can't. If they can't, I'll then I am I'll... six foot five, 260 <laughs> pounds of pure muscle, uh, beautiful golden long hair. <laughs> um... <laughs> Four foot dong. <laughs> <laughs> That's Roman. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. So, Sean, these people have never met you, except for pretty much everyone who listens to this comes into the comic shop, except for Peach Momoko. Um, but she's a big fan. Um, but I've known you for 15 years or so. No, 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
a long What's time. time? What's time? time? And um, I'm just happy to have you on here first and foremost. Second, we've got not an email from Will Elmer this week. Ooh. We've got a voice recording. Oh, a voice oh. memo. So I'll have to turn off Spotify and fade to black, which I was listening to. And let's let's see what and or what Will has to say for us. Hello, friends, and happy episode 277 question mark. Uh, I planned on writing a nice meticulous email today to celebrate Sean Marshall potentially joining the podcast tonight. However, I ran out of time to write anything. So you're going to get me just rambling incoherently into my voice memo for a quick minute to say, welcome, Sean. We love you. Long time coming. I sure hope you're on the podcast because if you're not, this would be rather embarrassing. (laughs) And I would love to hear since because Sean is such a avid movie lover and of course a comic book lover um what are sean's favorite uh let's say three comic book movies and then maybe tell me what you think is the worst comic book movie that you still love to watch thank you sean love you love the rest of you as well but maybe not as much as sean i get it uh, you know we'll, we'll, you know see um also how about ps maybe sean give us a buckshot right now oh oh no. shoot um okay just a second let me get the clock out you just got to put on the spot. Thirty seconds to talk about comics. It's your buckshot. Comics I read or movies? Now's your buckshot. You're eating it. You got to do the buckshot first, and then we'll do the question. Um. Uh. 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 Not ones on our list. Yeah. Godzilla, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Ooh, it was okay. Let's see. World's finest. Amazing. Uh, DC Vampires was fine. The All Out War, not so much. The backup story oh. was pretty cool in that. Uh, dug the art quite a bit in that backup story with Batgirl. Um, Jurassic League was a huge disappointment, and Looney Tunes was solid. What was good about Looney Tunes? Um, oddly enough, it's it's a Looney Tunes issue that didn't feature any of my favorite characters. So, do you um, clarify for people that this is not ironic? Uh, not at all. <laughs> We're all Looney Tunes fans, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, what what yeah. was it? A sol- Sholly Fish issue? It is a Sholly Fish oh, issue, sweet. but also that uh, Garbage Pail Kids was a Sholly Fish issue, and that was unreal. Oh. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there was also Bjorn, the littlest Viking. Um, I doubt any of you read that, but that was very fun. We got Kinda one a... copy, and it was for you. Oh, good. Okay. Well, someone bought it good. today, so. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it was very cute. Kind of had a Calvin and Hobbes meets like Asterix vibe. Like, okay, yeah, it was good. That was your time, Sean. Now you need to give a score on a one to ten for each of those books. Oh, um, so I'll just go. We just threw that. Will you threw that boy to the fire? <laughs> right he hasn't ever it. had. He hasn't <laughs> ever had a call like a shared conversation about comics on this podcast, and it was like no support, no backup. Bam, you alone <laughs> talk about all these comics. You don't even know the format. Um, <laughs> so, what were your scores, Precious Angel? Uh, Bjorn, I gave a seven out of ten. Looney Tunes got a seven out of ten. Uh, Jurassic League got a five out of ten. Uh, World's Finest eight out of ten. Uh, what was the other one I said? Oh, Godzilla Mighty Morphin Power Rangers six out of ten. Bjorn. Bjorn got uh, seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dang. Oh, I'm curious what uh, the Looney Tunes you said it wasn't any of your favorite Looney Tunes. I mean, Bugs Bugs is in the last story in it, um, but it's a Yosemite Sam issue, and I'm not a big fan. Oh. But Why are you just... you rooting tootin? <laughs> not a Sam fan. <laughs> yeah. So three favorite uh, comic book movies. Okay, three favorite comic book question for Sean only, right? Uh, This is the getting to know you song. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, We'll do (laughs) Batman Returns. 
Uh, we'll do Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, mm-hmm. and Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I'm surprised Whoa. R.I.P.D. didn't make the list. <laughs> That's fourth. <laughs> what is R.I.P.D.? Oh, it was uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, sure, yeah. Right. Never mind. You know, like maybe the worst movie of yeah, the year. Yeah, like paranormal, paranormal <laughs> detective people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's also like Red was bad and down there, but probably not bad. But hey, has anybody seen Meteor Man outside of Sean? No. I think I amazing. did. Maybe do I'm you have my copy of Meteor Man? I sure do. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm never giving it back. But You're going to live here soon, buddy. I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> it wasn't the last part of Elmer's question. What really bad superhero movie, but that you still love? Oh, yeah. perfect. Uh, Batman man. and Robin, easily. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was just talking to Ashton about that movie today. I love that movie. It's yeah. awful, but I love it. <laughs> Holy rusted Wait. metal, Batman. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, actually. Nice to meet you. With, is, is that one? That, that's the one with Mr. Freeze, Batman Forever is Riddler. And, okay. Yep. Um, okay, cool. Well, well hey, fun, but... listen, we're going to continue this podcast on in a weird way. Um, once again, we really sabotaged each other and we didn't all read. There's only one book we all read. <laughs> and it was not any of our favorite books. So we're going to talk about that first to get you guys, you know, amped. And then we're going to go into the really hot and heavy stuff. So the first book that we're going to talk about this week is The Lonesome Hunters, number two. Then we're going to talk about, I don't know, in no particular order, but maybe this exact order. Dark Space is number one. Rogues Gallery, number one. Brothers of All Men, number one. Aftershocks, after, no, Skybound After School Special, number two. Nightwing, 94. Defenders Beyond, number one, Judgment Day, number one, and Do a Powerbomb, number two, even though Roman has expressly stated that he does not want us talking about two sequential episodes of or issues of a podcast of a comic on a podcast. Oh, it's fine. This this <laughs> this episode, we are on the ones and twos, aren't we? Yeah, we are on the ones and twos. We got uh, a- Django Born on the ones and twos, <laughs> as always. It's a refreshing break from my usual ones and zeros. <laughs> so... That's a code <laughs> joke. It was that. a code joke. Yeah. Wow. Oh, buddy. Jeff. Jeff was surprised at that one. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> it, my whole life has gotten so much better since the eyelash is only like 1% affecting me right now. <laughs> or like 10%, one out of 10. Okay. Tyler Crook wrote and drew the Lonesome Hunters. We talked about the first issue. Old young man had a big sword, did a big fantasy, put the sword away, then got old. And then young girl has special coin, gives to old man. And then the crows come and young girl asks old man help and he help and he pull out big sword again and he cut a crow. I want you to read. I want you to yell bedtime stories at me. <laughs> hey, Django! I got this one about the guy that created the national lampoon. <laughs> um, you know what I had for dinner? What? A sandwich. Nice. I love a sandwich. Um, <laughs> okay, so we talked about the first issue of this series on the podcast. Dark Horse puts it out. And I think that our kind of universal feeling was it looks better mm-hmm. than it is interesting. Uh, did that change for anybody in issue two? Changed for me. I'm, I'm more interested in the story now. Okay. Same. Yeah, I'm, 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 more, I'm interested in the story. I uh, am too. And I like Corvids, so this is cool. Corvid? Corvids. There's magpies. You know, oh. crows, magpies. Ravens. Uh, Ravens. Can you tell me about magpies? Are they just like real sassy crows? They certainly look like it. They got those awesome white white markings. I mean, I've never seen I've never seen one in real life. But... Are they a real bird? They're not a fictional thing. No, they're a real oh, yeah. bird. 
I think they have have it in America. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Hmm. I'm sorry. Are magpies not a dessert? They are <laughs> a dessert, but they're uh, Canadian. Sean. <laughs> hey, what do you guys think that the first three pages of this comic are? It's like a young old man with deer ears waking up in the forest. He's and then looking for that sword. Yeah. Yeah, he's the real owner of the owner of the sword. Is mm-hmm. he? I forget even in the month between issues what exactly happened with that. Did he steal that sword originally? I young think old man. He was supposed to destroy it. Okay. He yeah, was I a think- young man, and and a group of them were supposed to like they were trying to get rid of it or get rid of the magic. Okay. And he ended up with it, and everybody else died. I think. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, Howard and him using the sword against the mystical magpies. This this pointy eared dude in the woods sensed it. Sensed it. Now he's going to be coming for it. Okay. Can you guys imagine taking a nap until your sword showed up again? <laughs> I was like, is it Rip Van Winkle? Kind of. You know? It's kind of yeah. like Rip Van Winkle. I didn't know if this is like a, you know, we got magpies. I don't know if those are based on a thing. I don't think so. Um, I guess this is just one of a handful of books that came out this week that had really incredible art. I mm-hmm. really like this art. And I, yeah, like I agreed i i think this issue's storytelling made me more interested i like the interaction between an old old man and his old lady friend um i, I you know i dig i want to see what happens with that relationship uh there weren't as many logical leaps in this one as there were like that first one which is like why is this girl giving that guy a coin um sean what do you think of the art the pictures i love the pictures i love pictures yeah uh, that's true yeah but this book particularly was was very beautiful but also very sad was this uh, one sad i I mean, her guardian or whoever was there, like, is dead. Oh, yeah, he is dead. Like, that was pretty That's true. And he did say that he's, I was worried he was going to kill him with the sword. But then I remember, I think that, the, that he said, like, basically, he's probably dead. He was they dead the moment him. Yeah. they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this one got me a little more emotional than the first one did. <laughs> I really, really liked the drawing of the uh, the magpies chasing them out of the house. Yeah, uh, just just that flock of birds coming out of the door is really nice, real nice. So real nice, Django. <clears throat> I feel like I remember we all kind of agreed that the cover to number one wasn't that good, but when we opened it up and realized it was a wraparound, we liked it more. Did you do that with this one yet? No, but I think that this cover is amazing without opening it up. Whoa. It's really great art. I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize it was a wraparound cover. I, I just did. liked the front of it. I thought it yeah. looked really cool, but I did not flip it up. Yeah. They've yeah, both did, been rappies. Yeah. I didn't know it was a wraparound till I'm just seeing <laughs> it now for the very first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even really, I, I, I like the number one wraparound better, but I still didn't think that it was a great introductory picture. Yeah. But this, this one, like the, the black hand and the feathers smashing the guy's head into the wall is, I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot. Did you, did That's you guys? And I didn't know the you. the title, the title. I don't know what you call that in design terms. The title logo um, image. It's the sword. Yep. Yep. Is, oh. that, is that the technical term for that title logo image? Yeah. Yes. Cool. I, yeah, I can agree. Okay. So all in all, I give it a. Yeah, I'm somewhere between a seven point five and an eight, but I'm willing to go either way. What are you guys going to say? I was going to say exactly the same thing. I'm going to go eight just because the art. Kind of yeah. takes it over the edge. For I'm going to agree and with that. I the story really is, the story's the great. Yeah. It almost feels like Scotty Young could be writing this to me, like in, yeah. in the in the best yeah. Scotty Young way. Yeah. What do you boys give it? Uh, I give it an eight out of ten. Nice. Okay, we're all on board at the eight so far. What's Roman going to do? Wow. I also gave it an eight. Oh, and I almost forgot my my anecdote. Oh yeah. So thank God. So this morning before I left for work, I I filled up the little 
little birdhouse Toilet. thing that I <laughs> that, with with peanuts because I always think what? that's what peanuts <laughs> peanuts oh, okay because I always think that I've been tending that for the squirrels to distract the squirrels from the bird feeders and then I was watching for a while and a a, a another corvid a stellar's jay showed up went for the peanut and then all of a sudden like nine stellar's jays showed up and just going nuts for the peanuts so apparently I've been feeding them instead um, and I got home and the house was empty they ate all the peanuts. But that's only the first Corvid. Then I'm at work today at the museum. I went on my break. I walked out to go to my car and sit in my car and read comics. As I walked out, a crow screamed at me. And I looked up and there's two other crows. There's three crows in this tree right above my car, right as I'm walking underneath them. And I was like, okay, that's a sign. I got to read the Lonesome Hunters. So I did. Wow. When it moves, it does so by itself. Gosh, universal (laughs) synchronicity. Um, yeah. Okay, now let's really get to the meat of this thing. Uh, we're just going to have three boy talks for all of these issues since there's not many four boy talks to have in here. Uh, this one, I think, is a two and a half boy talk. Let's talk for a second about Scott Snyder and Hayden Sherman's Dark Spaces Wildfire from yeah. IDW. This is a Scott Snyder number one from IDW. With, That's I mean, we, we can't forget Rhonda Pattison on colors because well, I think yeah. that was Robert Pattinson was doing the colors. Yep. Yeah, between yep. Batman's. Wow, wow, he's a Renaissance man. He's a bit, yeah, yeah. IDW is a weird place to put this out, and it says an IDW original. Does that mean that this was never kickstarted or substacked? Um, dude, you guys, this is the same artist as above, above snakes? snakes. Yeah, that is oh. crazy. No way. Yeah. This is totally different art. This is way better. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I like them both equally, but this is not the same anything. Wow. Dude, I I was making my way through this and this has such a strong like Ramon Villalobos and Uh Ian Bertram vibe. Like all of the lines on the face are so like Little Bird. It's such a unique art style. That blows my mind. It's the same person, though. Holy beans. We gotta okay. watch this guy. Yeah, we yeah. do. The, he's one of several people that this week I was like, these are artists I want on my radar. He's, yeah. This is one of three that showed up this week. Um, above Snakes, obviously, last week, the week before, but uh, was I didn't like quite as much art style, but I like this one. So this is Scott Snyder. It is a story about five women who work for the like the 593 or I don't know, uh, uh, basically a crew of firefighters who get take, you know, take the opportunity as prisoners to take work detail. Basically, they get paid like two bucks a day to go out and fight fires and they all have a distinct position. And um, the leaders like Ma, uh, they call her and they all eat candy cigarettes. Um, But what it kind of becomes is by the end of the issue, you realize that it's going to be a heist story. Um, of these five women trying to rob this rich house that one of them recognizes as being in that neighborhood. And um, but you find out at the beginning of the issue that all of them die on the mission. Um, so it's a pretty cool setup. Yeah. Django, what did you think of this? I thought it was really, really well done. And like it it feels like you're there with them because of the colors and the just kind of the soot in the in the whole comic. The comic is very sooty. Very. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, to use scientific almost, terms. Yeah, it almost looked like some of them had like facial hair with so much soot on their face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I liked I liked Permacid. all of the characters. I really liked kind of the the just kind of the psychology behind the way that the the guard is giving them rope to do things and then, you know, 
trying to direct them and, and knows their personalities well enough to get the results that she needs out of them. Um, and then in, in the, in the end of the thing, they've, they've kind of managed to get her to sign on for this heist. Um, I, I, th I thought it was a really well done comic and it, you know, that's not super surprising because Scott Snyder knows what he's doing. Um, and gosh, so does Hayden Sherman. Yeah. Sean, you, you almost finished this one. You would read, you were reading it while I went to pick you up. Yeah, I was, I picked it up right before you got there. So I got probably about halfway through. Did you dig what you read? I was really liking it. Yeah. I loved yeah. the the character interactions and I loved the fact that the reason that they were convicts was not really important to the story uh, yeah i i and love he that refuses to divulge that information yeah it just doesn't matter who they are begins yeah, yeah that, i love that, that she sort of has this like bond with them and sort of like protects them in a way um i did not realize though that that was them burning in that opening they actually reveal that at the end okay, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah i assume yeah, that yeah. was when we find out that she knows that those these rich people live out in like the mansion and stuff. I assume that was them burning, and then, yeah, like, that's their what heist I was going to go horribly wrong, yeah. and like people were going to die. But I did not realize it was them, so that's that's brutal. I wonder if they fake their deaths. Ooh, the, the way it's worded Ooh. at the end. Yeah, she says those five murdered bodies in the house—they're ours. The corpses of Crew Five Thirteen. Like, okay, that, that's not. I won't believe it's bottom until I bottomless until I hit the bottom, you know? <laughs> yeah, I I really dug it kind of out of nowhere. What I thought was maybe the most interesting. Well, I guess I don't I want to ask the question. Did this feel like a Scott Snyder book to you? No, not not at all. Yeah, I'm kind of over Scott Snyder books. Yeah, so that was I was a little bit hesitant picking up. But when I noticed Peyton Sherman's name on there, I was like, oh, I know this guy. Yeah, so I picked it up based on that. Dude, I'm still reading Noctera. That book has don't read this Django all over it. And I'm still digging every issue. So like he's he's got something that gets under my skin. Now I he's read got it. A huge fan base. So yeah, yeah I read every first right. issue, but they don't all pull me through. Um, it does not look like a Scott Snyder. It doesn't it, look it, it doesn't look like a good comic from the cover to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I would say this is not a very good cover. Um, but yeah, I love the art and it really reminded me of Villa Lobos. Um mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one a nine. Yeah, me too. Me too. Daddy-o. And I'm going to make friends with Hayden Sherman on Facebook while you guys talk about Judgment Get that Day or done. Whatever. Get that done. Um, um, the half I read, I would probably give an eight or a nine to. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, the cover wasn't super appealing, but did y'all see the uh, Tula Lote variant cover? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. uh, Who, who'd that go home with? Uh, somebody pre-ordered i didn't see who it wasn't you it. that's that's kind of a shocker no, but i got my fingers on it for a second there to look at it yeah yeah <laughs> got some finger stains on there um okay um i won't talk about rogues gallery next because jango's doing a thing so let's talk about judgment day roman are you and i the only ones that read that um are we i read it or sean's having it kind of told to him uh Bray I, brayton's I, giving you the up uh, the inside scoop yeah yeah uh, okay. i'll still give it a score because i gave it a score but nice. i did not finish reading it <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we'll call that in uh, at the score phase. Roman, you want to give people a rundown of what this was? Yeah, this is, well, it's issue number one of Judgment Day. Last week we had issue prologue or zero. Eve of or Judgment. Whatever. Prologue, Eve of yeah. Judgment, yeah, whatever they were calling it. It was Which bad. wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good. This issue, I actually thought, did a good job of actually beat. It wasn't just an info dump like the previous issue. issue. This one, I actually felt the motivations of characters, the action scenes were good. Um I actually care started caring about the story with this one. So that surprised me. Um Roman, did some... you sorry, yeah, did you read ahead. the Eternals run that Karen Gillen was doing? 
Yeah, I've read all those. Okay. And all of Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers so far. Um, and yeah, this builds up some, it plays on some of the old history too, because Cersei from the Eternals, she was once an Avenger, you know, decades ago, um, which Captain America brings up because Iron Man's given her a hard time. And of course, I she like slept with Tony Stark because everybody slept with Tony Stark. I remember when I was um, young and slept with Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. You know, with all that money and the mustache. Mm-hmm. How, how can you not? Um, <laughs> and the villain, uh, Uranus. He's 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 a bad dude. He's like Thanos's grandfather. I thought it was like um, his uncle or his uncle, something like that. I thought Thanos called him grand, grandfather. Yeah, um, but he's he's quite nasty and foreboding and seems to be like on a dark side level, maybe. Um, and he does some nasty stuff in this that was this was all kind of cool. Like bring up the uni mine to attack to attack the X-Men to attack Krakoa, and, and that's cool. I'm actually interested now. Yeah. Um I started it fully intent to very briefly skim it based on yeah. that prequel issue. Um, Cause that was so info dummy, but also it was very eternals heavy that Eve of judgment was. And this read very balanced to me. In fact, yeah. of the three, I would say, yeah, actually I would probably say it's pretty even, but, um, but yeah, you know, it felt as much an X-Men book and the art style of Valerio Schietti very much looks like that Pepe Larraz, R.B. Silva, House of X, kind of the the main Hickman X-Men look aesthetic that was coming out. So it felt like an extension of the X-Men universe. I like the way they wove Moira in. Uh, the Unimine was awesome. I totally agree about Uranus. He is scary. And, you know, needing to destroy. Is that his name? Uranus? I don't like that name. If that's his name, it's a. It is. It's like it's Uranus. Name. But well, I'm trying to pronounce. I'm trying to decide how to <clears throat> pronounce it because it's it's. I, I guess it's the same root word as Uranus, the planet. Yeah, yeah. But Uranus, maybe that's how you say it. I yeah. don't know. The reveal Nothing at the end said is better. where they're like, Dude, <laughs> yeah, no. we need we need to like, you know, do we got to charge the Eternals by having a new another God with like the Celestials made the Eternals. So they start charging up the Celestial that the Avengers have been living in forever. I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, they're, that's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> I do have one thing I have to bring up. Yeah, yes. um, do it near the beginning we get the conversation between tony stark and cersei yeah and on the rooftop or when she's inside captive? or yeah sorry it is a rooftop it looks i didn't realize it was a roof um but she says where am i and he says i'm suspicious i think you've messed with me that's two bad lines of dialogue i needed a safe space to talk come interrogate oh yes does he say is that like talk ejaculate and interrogate no. It's spelled C-U-M. I know. I thought that was, and I, I noticed that because I thought, wow, nobody uses that really anymore. But it's like. I mean, not in comic books. Yeah, not in comic books. Mm-hmm. It's because <laughs> it's, and, and then it's made worse by the fact that the interrogate, this third word is separated by lines like the hyphen, you know. Yeah. Confused by. I, I think that usage of come, it means like, it's when you're referring to two, two slightly different things, but they're both happening, like talk and interrogate. He's doing both. Okay. Like magna come loud. I thought it was like, where am I? And he was yeah, describing this like special secret place that he made where he can use it for talking, coming and interrogating. And I was like, that is <laughs> fucking, is that Karen Gillan being like, I'm edgy, you know, cause he does that. No, it's, <laughs> it's the older way of okay. saying like talk slash interrogate. Okay. I, you said I he's like edging. Yeah. He's edging. Okay. I, I like, I'm glad to hear that Roman. Thank you. That clarification makes me I don't, like, I don't know if more. Tony, I don't know if Tony would be into edging. Maybe he would. I don't know. Edgecast 22 <laughs> Edgecast. He's always edgy. Uh, they blow up everybody on Araco. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, I like I like that. Just the kind of the main idea behind this whole crossover is that 
mutants are on earth are actually deviants. Um, mut- mutated deviants basically yeah. and so that's why the uh, the deviants are after them now because they're supposed to control deviancy they worded wow. it so much better in this issue than they did in Eve yeah. of Judgment last time, which was like the most convoluted, like, well, a deviant gets deviated this way and a deviation is mutated. When there, they're just sort of like the, the mutant X gene comes from deviance, like is a deviation. You know, they say yeah. it in like one sentence here. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> I get it. Okay. So they feel like they're obligated to do that, but it's really just this kind of almost Game of Thronesian-esque uh, power struggle with him using that information to kind of make people think that they should be killing the mutants and, that is yeah. a crazy retcon. Yeah, the, it is. It is. And it's pretty it's pretty bold doing that. And I like the whole the, the also kind of social aspect where the turtles and the deviants are like, well, yeah, the mutants are now figured out how to resurrect themselves. But that's our thing. And we do it naturally as long as the Earth exists, will exist. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But they're doing they're resurrecting artificially. That's wrong. Wait, so the Eternals come from space, but they have to have Earth around to resurrect? Yeah, in the movie, well, in the movie, they came from space. In the oh, comics, okay. the Eternals were created by the Celestials messing around with human DNA oh, okay. and, cre- and creating the Deviants and the Eternals. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't know, like, it's kind of, I don't know that it's, like, thoroughly a retcon because I, you know it seems like he's maybe the, the druid, the bad dude is sort of stretching the idea that a mutation is a deviation, but he's telling everybody else that like they are therefore technically deviants. Like he's kind of doing okay. a little bit of like, if, if a equals B and a plus D equals, mm. you know, D or C, then you know what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's uh, a good point. Much yeah. math. B yeah. is zero. in that Yeah. Case. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It may, it may not be a retcon. It's just druid, you know, trying to convince everybody that his plan is good. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with it. I'll keep reading it. And it, um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, Roman. Everything you said. So I agree with everything you said. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Oh, I gave it an 8. Oh, fuck. I give it an 8. I could give it an 8. I could give it an 8. I'm going to stick with the 8.5 because I meant to just skim it and it it got me to read all of it, which that's, is. Uh, yeah, like, that's what I did. I meant to skim it and not like it. Yeah. So I actually read it and liked it. Yeah. Um. I'll give it a solid peach momoko cover out of 10. Nice. Which means a 10. Hey, uh, Roman and Sean, you guys want to talk a little bit about Defenders Beyond? I read it. Sure. Oh, fuck. All three of you guys. Sorry, Django. I I didn't mean to. I looked through it. (laughs) I read most of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. That was a hiccup. (laughs) That was not a hiccup, Roman. (laughs) It was a death rattle. Someone was strangling (laughs) you. It was a Roman hiccup. I think that's called a, an Alabama club. <laughs> Got my that, Alabama, Alabama clubs have twice as much bacon on them, <laughs> and they're also dick shaped. Yeah, and or dicks are dick-shaped. Alabama club shaped. I right, really I was not clear more accurate because the yeah. things were square. So maybe in my dream. Anyway, I guess Jeff didn't read <laughs> Defenders Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff doesn't even like comics. He doesn't like the Defenders, but this is the... <laughs> I this hired is... you! <laughs> oh, right. Uh... He's, he's talking to all of us. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Roman, um, tell us about this. Uh, well, this is the sequel series to... Um, was it just called The Defenders? just Defenders, yeah. <laughs> By Al Ewing and... and um, dup, 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 dup. Javier Rodriguez. Javier Rodriguez. So, yeah, this is their follow-up series. Um, cause in between that series and this series, Dr. Strange got killed. Um, so now this team forms cause Dr. Strange's last spell was to 
for there basically to always be a defenders team that's mystically drawn together to um, <laughs> defend um, mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> <laughs> which is a nice callback to like the very original Def- Marvel Defenders team where some other sorcerer put a curse on like Namor and Doctor Strange and the Hulk and the Silver Surfer that they'd always be no matter where they were when they were needed they would they'd always be transported to the same spot to go fight something. Oh nice. Whether they wanted to or not. And like spoiler alert, but the art is gorgeous. Yes, we get some is. trans-dimensional Lokis and also the Beyonder like the oh, most fabulous oh. disco beyonder in yeah. the world spoilers folks but yeah that last page with the beyonder oh that's beautiful <laughs> his armor's all gold and green and shimmery and purple and and, and at first i thought it was omega the unknown because he has an omega symbol on his chest which i don't remember that but but it's oh, the beyonder yeah. yeah i thought he was the x-men bad guy omega red oh yeah but fabulous <laughs> and he says i am i am from beyond which i was like oh that's why it's called defenders beyond oh I get oh it. yeah wow. so yeah this team is and the art is gorgeous um i should quit saying team because they've always throughout the run the defenders has always been a non-team since they don't have like meetings or a roster or anything <laughs> um but it's the blue marvel a character i think is pretty underused by marvel um and Galactus's mom, who was introduced in the last series, and Loki, except it's Loki that's like constantly changing genders and everything throughout their adventure just for the fun of it. And America Chavez, Chavez, and Tigra. And I don't know most of those characters, and I hate reading cosmic comics, especially when they also base a big chunk of the story around fucking tarot cards. <laughs> um, but the art in this is so good. It's it's amazing artwork. Yeah, it's the only reason I read that first run was that artwork. Yeah, I don't do the cosmic Marvel stuff usually. I get very mm-hmm. confused and my eyes just sort of glaze over when I try to read that stuff. But this is a book I will happily pick up every time it comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably yeah. not my favorite Al Ewing book, but the art makes up for any of the lackluster writing. <laughs> Definitely. And there's some... And the Blue Marvel was in... Um, wasn't it Al Ewing that wrote the Ultimates and the Blue Marvel and America were on that team? Yeah. yeah. So this will probably, I'm sure, pick up threads from there. And yeah, even the the first, uh, it's kind of like a, it's one large panel that kind of ma- ends up making a mini splash page. Um, a long shot of the Blue Marvel's headquarters under the ocean. And there's, I think, basking sharks outside the window in the kind of this beautiful green haze. But then there's this multicolored, weird-ass, like Kirby computer console whatever the heck it is on the wall and the ceiling it's just gorgeous the colors the, are amazing yeah and that like every page feels like some uh uh Steranko magic to me yeah like especially that one with all the computer monitors behind him and and uh strange's head floating in a ball <laughs> uh yeah it looks so much like some of those old uh shield books yeah yeah it really does he's got that I even thought that was a reference there with the character with the Scorpio on their head because Nick Fury's brother, Scorpio, from that Oh, run. yeah. There's... Is is the guy on the other side from the Scorpio guy? It looks a lot like Dr. Fate to me. Is he, he sure is that the Blue Marvel? Ooh, Dr. Feet? Dr. Oh. Feet. Yeah. Is yeah. That... Oh. Got those meat feet. <laughs> did, the, did the Blue Marvel wear a helmet one time? I don't remember. I think he did in his early appearances. Certainly or... does look, certainly does look like Dr. Fate with like the shield logo on his chest or something. Yeah. So what do you guys... Uh... 
Jeff, what do you give it? I mean, I didn't like the cover very much, even though it had a really nice 80s mm. aesthetic. But um, I think that the art is absolutely incredible. Uh, I didn't read it, um, but I didn't read the oh, run before whoops. it after the first two issues just because I don't really care for the Defenders. But I do want an excuse to look at that guy's art. So I give it... Uh, but then I cared less about this team than the first team. Uh, I give it um, uh, a seven. I haven't read it. All right. Seven. I haven't oh. read it. I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it an eight for the art. I can't stand the story. I can I can hardly. I Sorry. I can't understand the story. Oh, I you're a basic ass boring. Yes, I am. I need uh, I need sandwich jokes and and fart jokes to subsist. <laughs> what about you, Roman? Oh, you say, get it. I was going to say, what about you? Did you read it? I can't. I did. I read it. Um, okay. I, my score is similar to Django's. It gets a seven or eight for the art. I could barely get through the reading portion of it. But I will happily get it every week. Every time it comes out, I will get I'll pick that book up. Because Al Ewing sometimes is like 10 out of 10 as a writer. So he's just so hot and cold. He did that random ass cable issue at some point last year, I think, or maybe earlier this year. Like I would never read a cable book, but I randomly picked that one up and it like was actually pretty good <laughs> had him like nerding out over uh rock uh rocket raccoon in it oh He's, like it's all giddy seeing rocket <laughs> I really like that um what all right you, boys Roman? sorry i didn't mean to just do that i i it's okay um i gave it a 9.5 this, right, this is right up my alley i love i love goofy mystical cosmic hoo-ha <laughs> and i like oh. all these characters i love i like tigra other than green characters i like i like kitty cat characters <laughs> what a crazy message to have just heard from him <laughs> um, uh okay so let's move it along uh you know now that we've covered the big first chunk of them we'll move a little bit quicker let's talk about rogues gallery number one this is an image comic book that came out by hannah rose may a writer i was not familiar with art by justin mason an artist i was not familiar with though i looked them up and Django, uh, right as we opened this book up on Tuesday and we were flipping through it, you had said, like, man, there's sure a lot of artists who kind of have that Andre Araujo look to them. And I totally agree while going through this. It's like got kind of that cartoony Andre Araujo, like just very Andre Araujo kind of soft angled faces. But then also like kind of a is it it's not like Ryan Otley, but like somebody kind of like that in there as well, like. Yeah, and some Daniel Warren Johnson and yeah, I definitely the th- th- that was and stuff. Those were the three Daniel Warren Johnson. I totally agree. It's yeah. so like all of that is incredibly high praise to compare an artist to. Like between three artists, those are like you know I'm three describing yeah some of my favorite artists, and this is all of those elements. So this is just another book I read this week. Where out of nowhere, I was like, I have to keep track of this artist. They're really really great. Yeah. Um and. Okay, so we can agree that the art is good. So then what do you make of the story, Ding Dong? Uh, well, basically, it's um, it's a bunch of uh, like young adults talking about how much they hate the actress who's playing a character in a movie from a comic book that they love. And then she's maybe the showrunner also? Yeah. And then the show gets canceled and they're like just totally blaming her for everything. And so they decide to go break into her house and steal a comic that she has. It's worth like $300,000. And uh, so they dress up in cosplay from the comic and go to break into her house where she's not supposed to be there. And I think she, I think she's there. And I think that she's the character. And I think that 
I think that I hated every single person in this comic and I was not going to read the next issue until the very last panel. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. What? So I think I'm with you. Like I couldn't tell if I really didn't like these people or like if the writing was sort of on the side of the characters or if it was like creator criticizing fans who get too possessed with art that they like, I couldn't decide what I thought they were trying to do, but, and, I and think also that their they ultimate were... fate tells us, but it takes that it takes until literally the last page to find out. And they're drawn much younger than I think they're supposed to be. So I think the art is very great, but I do think there's just some basic stuff about uh, maybe age representation or something like that. They're like, I, I don't know. There's still some lessons well, to be learned. There's a couple I think, visual jumps as well. I think that it's three high school-ish age people and then one older dude who still hangs out at the at the comic store and, and is kind of manipulating them. Yeah. That was, just, that was my read on it. They just the kept referring to our yellowed hair guy <laughs> as like a kid. Yeah. But yeah, and he he looks a little bit older than that. But yeah. It, anyway, it, but do you think that those kids got their shit wrecked? Did they die? I think they're dead. Really? Oh, no. I think so. I hope they're dead. Sean, did you read this also? Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought it was just Jang and I'm confused about which ones we all did didn't didn't read. <laughs> um, Sean, did you dig the art and did it remind you of anybody in, in particular? Uh, I'm not familiar enough with artists to really pinpoint it reminded me of anything. I did enjoy the art. Um, Story-wise, yeah, all the characters are assholes. Yeah, so they all It's very suck. hard to get invested in it in that sense, but it's also relatable in the sense that, like... I think we all kind of know those like toxic fandoms. Um, and what came to mind as I was reading this was the uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. Captain Marvel situation. Yeah. And I wonder if, yeah, that had any bearing on the, the story. Uh, I loved the vertical page sequence of the house at sunset. And it's just like five panels and like very little changes in them, except for you see them approaching only in two of them, but the top three are all the exact same, but just the light changes a little bit. Like, it just did a really great job of capturing the time of day and the season of year. And yeah. I, I really liked that. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause if it was going to, if we were supposed to be on these kids' side the whole time or for the series, I was like, I don't like them unless we're like criticizing an aspect of fan that like we're trying to have a statement about it. But right. I think that if they're just dead at the end, that's better. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. maybe this yellow haired kid is the least shitty, but still pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's sucky. he's along for the ride, but it didn't take much to bring him along for the ride. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's a bunch of disaffected youths kind of being it's it's just that toxic fandom thing. Yeah. And at this point in comic books, it's it's really hard to tell when somebody's doing a, a takedown of it and when they're yeah, when they're supporting it, you know, like you need I think a little more over the top or uh, another wink at the camera would have been nice in the first few pages. Yeah, uh, so I think I liked it. I think I liked it. I am going to reserve judgment until the next issue, but I definitely am going to read the next issue. So I liked it that much. Uh, did I see correctly? Something. Was this the writer's first book? I had did not been familiar with them. I looked up the artist and they didn't oh, have okay. anything I could find. The artist um, has done a lot of digital stuff before. I can't remember if this is the one that the artist had been doing spider punk. Oh, I think it was. Okay. There's uh, a, there's a, an actor. Okay. Of the well, same that's name. Now we're wasting people's time. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I'm going to go I'm going to go 8. I think I did like it. I think I liked it. And I don't know if that's mostly because of the art or what, but um I was in, I was in for it. Even when I didn't like the characters, I was enjoying the book. I'm going to go 7 and I'm going to leave 
leave the opportunity to think that it might be a nine by the time we get to the fifth issue. Ooh. Also, I don't like the logo. The the, the two backwards R. Yeah. Looks and the name like is bad to me. The name is yeah. bad. When there's the rogues gallery is such an yeah. established thing. Don't make this a book titled that. Yeah. What do you give it, Sean? Uh, I went seven out of 10 as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, I wasn't convinced I was going to continue reading it until we yeah, had those last couple pages. And I was like, all right, good. And they're also <laughs> doing a Momoko cover for number two. So don't even. <laughs> <laughs> um okay cruise and ride along um roman you read a book called brother of all men oh my god i did yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> from aftershock comics the brother of all men what's that what's that about i also read it i want to back you up there and django did you read this i read it and sean this is one you didn't read no but there, it's because there weren't any Looney Tune characters you were a fan of in it. Yeah, no Sylvester or Tweety in this one. So Those are your two it. favorite? Uh, no, Sylvester is my favorite. Uh, and then Daffy. Oh, Daffy, dude. I love Daffy. What a clown. You are a clown. Well, well, you'll like this thing because this is about this is about a brother and his name is Foghorn Leghorn. It is Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn yep. Leghorn yep. was the star of Looney Tunes. I say, I say, I say... <laughs> <laughs> oh roman um no this is like this it, this is a mystery it's a mystery story set and starts out in 1928 so you know after world war one and after the uh the 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 big influenza epidemic pandemic back then and our main character was um they didn't call it pst uh shell-shocked veteran world war one he's and he's it took me a few pages to realize he's got one of those um I took me pages as well. Yeah, yep. what they used back yep. then to cover up your face disfigurement was just like a kind of a almost an opera mask type Phantom of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so he had part of his face shot off in the war. And he's trying to find well, he's trying to find his brother, but he's also trying to find uh has been hired to find this this missing girl. Um and it's and tracks him down to this island off the coast of uh Victoria, Victoria Island up in BC. Um, and it turns out this is based in, I didn't know any of this. I had to look this up. The Aquarian Brotherhood, this is based in a real guy back in those days who was a cult leader, started this Aquarian Brotherhood, and he actually was known as the Brother 12. Yeah. And I'm, re I'm really excited to look all this up and read more about this because when at first when they introduced the Aquarian Brotherhood, I was like, but that's, there's a, uh, I guess... A religious center, whatever you want to call it, on Capitol Hill in Seattle. That when I stay at where I stay on Capitol Hill, I walk past it all the time. It's just this white house with a sign out front that says the Aquarian Brotherhood. Wow. And I've always been curious about it. I've and it has apparently has nothing. There must be a connection. But so far, what I looked up online right before the podcast, there is no connection. The one in Seattle was started by a different guy in like the late 50s. And at least I haven't found anything that connects them to this Canadian dude in the late 20s <laughs> that uses the same name but this one is based in the philosophical i can't pronounce it society a lot of mysticism and and you know mumbo jumbo and and on top of that it's a great kind of bounty hunting story where the guy's trying to find the the woman um and the end of it is gnarly those last couple of pages are are scary as shit yeah yeah they had this weird initiation ritual where they bury you alive and you've got a straw um to to get air from the surface but you have to go through that and then i and then it says to be continued but then you turn the page and there's um 
a handwritten journal entry mm -hmm. from our main character about what happened okay after he got out of the earth and then there's a newspaper article and then there's a couple pages i haven't even read yet that's like the manifesto of the cult leader yeah so there's a lot of uh stuff to chew on in this issue and this is so this is by zach thompson who's done a handful of other books and i and i usually like his setups quite a bit and i don't know how many of his comics i've actually finished um and eon mar marin e-o-i-n how do you say that roman oh Oin? Jeez, I, i'm not sure oin that, that'd be my guess something like that uh, i really like the art i do too it's got a real i mean it's not sepia tones exactly but it's got that real kind of old-timey feel to it yeah it's muted it it feels like uh peanuts on the floor of the bar yeah yeah what did, what did you think jeff um i just got caught up looking up a picture of justin mason um, <laughs> <laughs> um and what did I you thought, think of that um well Django, is that the picture you sent me yeah it's He's not like... him i found a different guy um but i was i had to google how to screenshot and i had to remember how to screenshot and i did remember <laughs> how to screenshot and then i just cropped it down and that's all you guys were talking and i'm sorry i got distracted Django, i'm going to send this to you in an individual text um i thought that the first page was one of my favorite uh establishing shots like a zoom out shot um it's just like the way that it was a picture zooming out of picture zooming out of picture zooming out of a boat window um i did i agree with roman it was like took me way too long i feel like to realize that he had a torn up half face i i i'm not 100 percent sure how i do feel but i do agree that the end was like very creepy and i love the visual kind of nature of how they said breathe through a straw while you're buried underground um, I did think it was a little bit wordy, but I also thought it kind of fit the time, but like the kind of the time that they were going for, but it also didn't super make me want to keep reading it. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably keep reading it. I like that there was some like interesting bits where like 12 was used, like when they're talking about brother 12, like they broke that bottom panel up into like 12 vertical panels. Um, and then like on the next page, that brother talks to angels and there's 12 text bubbles on that page. And I liked the way the angels were represented because it seems kind of biblical in that they're kind of like they had all these wings and there were eyes and these. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I've also read a fair number of things lately that's like a person going into a cult trying to find somebody, you know, like um, the Black Stars Above and um, this one and Ma and Eat the Rich. It's and, definitely got some of those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not I'm not sure what I'm if I'm sold on it or not, um, but I did think it looked really good. I would give it a seven. <clears throat> I think I would give it an eight and. I would say that it feels to me more like Grass Kings than any of those other ones. And and I was just I, I was hesitating saying that just because that one's world was way more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I do agree that one kept coming to mind while reading it. I'm really interested in the um, social commentary because, you know, I don't know anything about uh, Canadian history in the late 20s, early 30s. But there's some the narration here. He makes some comments about the RCMP getting off on beating immigrants in the name of social Darwinism and talks about just Canada and, and the 1928 being so contrary to the dream of Canada. And it all resonates with the America right now. And I'm like, wow, was Canada? And of course, we all know about the residential schools and what they did to the, their indigenous people. I'm, and I'm just curious what else was crappy about Canada and their history. So I'm interested in that part of it, too. Um, I gave it, what did I give it? I gave it a 7.5. Nice. Yeah. Pretty, pretty pretty much right in there we covered the seven to eight gamut um yeah. okay sean 
take us down a trip through memory lane and by memory lane how was uh skybound after school special number two i like number one a lot i just haven't gotten to this issue yet yeah um i think i liked one a little bit more than this one but i like them both quite a bit I'm a was big this horror the same fan. creative team or no. Okay. no each one is a different creative team um and what's kind of cool about what they're doing is uh, at least so far with these first two is that they're getting um filmmakers um, to do it. Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who are two of my favorite directors, uh, wrote that first issue. And there's one I'm people you I, like from. Uh, they've done a handful of movies, um, Resolution and The Endless. Um, and their favorite of mine is a one called Spring, which is sort of Lovecraftian uh, romance horror. Uh, but uh, this particular issue is written by someone that worked on, I think, Loki, the TV show. Okay. okay. Um, I wasn't familiar with them, but I just think it's cool that they're teaming up with these filmmakers to do these little short horror stories. Um, and this one's based on the urban legend of the Storkening, um, oh. which is... Uh, Sounds like something Jenga would be into. Well, we know birds are fucking scary. We learned that in The Lonesome <laughs> Hunters earlier. Yeah. Um, and this one does not disappoint on the scary bird stuff. As there's just yep. this terrifying giant stork chasing this poor pregnant girl around um, as she's slowly getting more pregnant as well. I mean, I wouldn't say slowly. Yeah, very Jango, quickly. I should say very rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like that touch that every time the... All the, three of you read this. Sorry. That every time the stork touches her, she her pregnancy advances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think pregnancy horror is something that's maybe underutilized, at least in comic books. I've seen yeah. some good movies that have done some stuff with that. But yeah, it was kind of cool seeing that used in this. I don't know if you guys read the write-up at the end, but they're like, oh, yeah, we've been working on this for 15 years. This wasn't meant to be a very politically relevant thing. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few things popping up recently that had been in the works for a while that have been very relevant to what's going on in the world right now, or at least they in the U.S. Finally get greenlit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to have seen the short film if they had gotten to do mm -hmm. that. I think yeah. that would have been awesome. Um, yeah, I thought it was really effective horror. Mm -hmm. um, if I had one nitpick, it would be that if she shoots a bow and arrow like that, the arrow is not going to work and her fingers are going to get hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah oh, maybe not God. the proper training for using that but i love that whole tunnel of love sequence at the end though that was really <clears> well done the colors especially were were awesome yeah and the art in this again this is an artist i'm not familiar with at all it's mm -hmm. uh leela lee's it's great yeah i liked it a lot i think the art is better in this one than the first one i don't yeah. know who did the art in the first one but well and this one didn't make you take quite as many um story leaps leaps yeah yeah, yeah, like it was it was all very like the continuity here was was better than that first one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I love the comics are doing these one shot horror anthologies now. It's great. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Sean, did you n recognize the names of the next issues creators? I have not looked up the next issues creators, okay. but I believe they are also filmmaker, um, at least from the writing side of it. OK, I think it's Beavis uh, and also Butthead. Oh, that's super <laughs> funny. Oh, it's uh, Jill Blotvogel from Scream, the TV series. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Did we get scores on there? Not yet. Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, but I might too. bump it up to a 9. Well, you know you can eight. use Desi's if you want. You don't have to. I, I don't mess with those. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love, I wish I didn't use Desi's. Robin, eight. what was your score? Well, dang. <laughs> I was going to give it a 7.5, but now I feel Ooh. embarrassed. I feel embarrassed by my Desi. No, I used Desi. <laughs> 8.1. 
Oh, <laughs> oh. monster. Oh, here's the ad. It's okay. Yeah. What is the best score of my life? <laughs> Has an ad for Impact Winner in the back. That's that's the one I wanted to read and I forgot about. It was pretty I, good. What, did that come out this week? I don't know. Last week? Last week. Oh, oh, was it? Okay. I missed that one. And that was based on a video game, maybe? An audio. Or, yeah. audio, audio oh, a podcast. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting take on vampires. I liked it last week. Okay. Well, okay, cool. Okay, well, we've done that. Now let's just cover some common ground. Nightweek 94, Tom Taylor, not Bruno Redondo. This is Borges. You know, Borges, uh, which is the way that you can shorten the full name of the artist and that artist's full name is uh not that it is Geraldo Borges mm, I just Geraldo. found and of course DC did that classic thing where they hid all the credits on the final of the page so I looked like an idiot um Sean you said this is probably your you know like tied for best book of the week is that it was we talk about Nightwing a lot, but let's just throw another advertisement for Nightwing out here. God, this book is so good. Tom Taylor hits all the right emotional beats in every single issue of this book. I am impressed every time. Mm-hmm. I often cry in every issue. Usually happy tears, but... <laughs> um, can't say enough good things about the cover, which is yeah. amazing. Couple the interior covers. art, like we agreed while talking earlier, um, when you read other fill-in art this is not bad fill-in art they're not as good at creating like clever t-shirts for everyone to be wearing but it's still pretty charming you can tell that they try to do bruno redondo things you know like yeah like double page spreads and using the environment like bruno but doesn't have that magic but they're not bad and you know they should keep working on it. i do love i talked to brayden about it and brayden put it perfectly blockbuster is like the kingpin of the dc universe these pages of him just occupying entire chairs are amazing uh, just I, I just massive love it so much roman are, are you what do you, you you said you didn't even realize it was a fill-in artist i guess i, I guess i i wasn't i don't know i didn't consciously think about it i just enjoyed the issue but yeah it's obvious now that oh yeah it's not the usual person um yeah, I liked it. It was, it was, you know, I like their relationship, Barbara and Dick, and their cute little dog that almost destroys all the evidence they need. He's only uh, got the one. He's got the three legs. He's missing a leg. It's so sad. I know. I forget what his name is. It's clever. It's Baylor. The Haley name of the circus. Haley. Haley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Haley. Sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. This a lot of intriguing stuff. And I mean, one of the henchmen is is. And the guy, I don't think the guy even betrayed uh, Blockbuster at all, but Blockbuster just assumes that he did just for an innocent comment that the guy makes, and and it's awful. <laughs> he quickly redeemed himself by ratting oh, out the oh, real. Yeah, yeah, to Blockbuster, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 It, it's funny. I never thought I'd feel sorry for the, the uh, electrocutioner. Yeah, or <laughs> even remember their name. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's another great issue, even with Phil and Art. Um, for me, 8.5 to a 9 is right where I'm at with it. I may as well just go 9. Um, I also really love the Tom King three-page backup story. Where it's just like a, you know, an in-memoriam for, uh, oh, right. you know. Neil, Neil Adams. Thank yeah. you. Um, I'm sure that was in more DC books, but as I addressed earlier, DC came in late and I forgot to take all of them home except for Nightwing because I saw it sitting in the one box that we got and I couldn't not take it home. Django, something about the graphic design on this cover like the angle of the mouth going out to the hands is perfect. Like it's just graphic design wise. So satisfying. Yeah. And, and the angle of the mouth also points straight to the bottom corner where you're supposed to grab the page and open it, which is a, a thing that you should always do when you're doing a magazine or a cover. <laughs> like, like you're Smart. directing someone's eye to, to the action that you want them to take. God, I don't know if I open comics correctly. 
Um, okay. <laughs> I guess it's for newspapers. And you open newspapers from the bottom, I think, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what, is a news, what is a newspaper? Yeah. It's I like a learn to read comics on. Is that on the Bellinghamherald.com <laughs> in private browser mode so that you can see it and not have to pay? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roman, what do you got? Um, Your mouth looked like you were about to say something is all. Oh. I was, and I forget what it was. Those quivering lips. I, 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 oh, God. They're what? like worms. It's like two worms, two horizontal worms quivering on his under his mustache. I'm just I'm just having a mouth seizure. Um, I gave sure. it an eight. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Roman or Jen, sorry, Sean, what was your score? Uh, I will give it a nine. nine. I would give it a ten, but the Thulin artist did hurt it just a little bit. Uh, uh, Roman, I was at book club this weekend and oh, good. or this last week rather. And uh, I, somebody and myself started talking at the same time. And I just, without thinking, blurted out, uh, no, Roman, please. Because uh, <laughs> I'm so used to like defaulting to being like, oh, Roman, no, please. I, I don't, I, you, I talk too much. You don't talk enough. It was, it was funny and everyone made fun of me. Um, Sean, nah. would you do me a favor? Yeah. <laughs> Would you do me a power bomb? Do you a power bomb? Oh. Would you do me a power bomb? I'll power bomb you. Okay, number two. Let's talk about it. DWJ, <laughs> Daniel Warren Johnson. On this week of comics, we got Daniel Warren Johnson. We met Eowyn Marin, who was great. We saw Hayden Sherman two weeks in a row, and for me, really knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. We saw Justin Mason, who I loved and was such such great, unique influences. And then Tyler Crook came in there with that amazing crooked art, you know? I really think this was like, above all for me, I was impressed with the art and the comics that came out this week and what I read. Yeah. And, and now we got DWJ. Week. So let's talk about him. Yeah. Um, well, you know me. I love wrestling. Oh, you're a wrestle man. Big wrestling fan. Well, not so much lately, but. Uh, they took that bad man away from us today. Yeah, you know he's still gonna be there though. He's retired, but he's gone. Oh my god, who retired? The fuck are you guys talking about? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon stepped down and retired today. Well, he'll be back. He's getting away from a very probably dangerous sex (laughs) scandal. Career-ending thing, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not for him. Yeah. For him, it's a sexy scandal. Yeah. I mean, he used to write that into the storylines of (laughs) the show, so like. Yeah, I don't think this is going to affect him at all. That's yeah, some a pretty w- serious kayfabe, bro. <laughs> in, in a way, isn't, isn't he like the, the Frank Sinatra of the modern age? I would think so. Just, just in his power and influence and what he gets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or oh, just yeah. a really rich white politician. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> has his, his hands in a bunch of politicians' pockets. And other things. But we're talking about power bombing right now. Yeah, we are. Being B, <laughs> if you will. Sorry, so we got I I, I derailed us t- talking about Vince. This issue was good, and we had some revelations. Sean, I interrupted you. Please continue. You're a fan of wrestling. I'm a big fan of wrestling, and I'm a big fan of comic books. And, and hell, yes, yes, His that life too. Is a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson's do a power bomb. This book is so fucking good. And we just got done with a really good wrestling themed comic book with Crimson Cage. I yeah. know. And this is somehow surpassing that for me as the best wrestling comic that i've read dude you guys page two holy shit that's one of the best perspective shots i've seen come out of a comic book in so long it is so good it's the island that that guy that that the demon is trapped on and he's Mm. got a wrestling stadium 
built into his island <laughs> and it looks like the entrance to his island and his house are built out of like the back end of a ship but if it was made out of a dog collar <laughs> so fucking cool standing up vertically and just the way that you're like looking down on the top of it and there's all of the forest height there like it is yeah it's one of the best like establishing shots i've seen i it's it's incredible D dwj is so good and i love how ridiculous the setup is like it's this demon who has been exiled on this island but he's been able to watch television and he's become a huge wrestling fan he loves pro wrestling and he believes it. All? he thinks it's all he, he doesn't know that there's kayfabe in there he's What's never kayfabe? even heard the word neither do sean and i um <laughs> if i had one complaint and i don't necessarily think it's a complaint i, I guess I, and i don't even want to speak objectively about it i got confused at um when he's down in hell with the dude and then they go to the 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 wrestling rink I thought that it was like it kind of seemed to me like it was the wrestling rink on the island or something. It felt like mm. for most of that conversation and scene, we were like in the hell island. So these characters would have known about it. And then the one person did know about it. And it 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 had the same kind of problems I can kind of have with like Hercules in the Marvel Universe, which is like, all right, where's the separation? Like, where's the real world? And then where's the hell spot? And where do they yeah. overlap? Um, but it turns out that he actually just transported them seemingly back to earth to an actual wrestling arena, even though we had just seen a different wrestling arena, like a page and a half earlier. Um, yeah, that was that, my that only bit of confusion. Yeah, I got a little bit of that as well. And I well, don't think um, we should spoil it for Roman because there's a great reveal at the end of this. Wait, Roman hasn't read it? I haven't read it yet. Roman, Roman yeah, there's I, a... This yeah. would have been the first book we talked about if we had all read it. There's Instead, a folding chair all... wrapped in barbed wire, but that's not the <laughs> spoiler they're talking about. <laughs> Roman, yeah. there's well, some great, you know, neon light tubes over the back and some... There's great... a fork used at one point. Oh, oh. it's like really good peak 90s wrestling <laughs> oh, or yeah. like jeff yeah like yeah new world japan scatter those mm -hmm. tacks all over the all over the ring oh yeah, yeah. it's so the what, Django... what are those fluorescent lights doing under the stage oh they're just in case yeah everything is them. under there yeah there's <laughs> leprechauns down, down there, there. Yeah, there's all sorts of valuables treasures Amazing how many tables they can fit down there too <laughs> if vince mcmahon were to keep it in his office everyone would just steal from his office here it's a secret and it's hidden and everyone's <laughs> watching so they'll see the criminals but R Django, you are not like sean and roman and i but you dug crimson cage a lot um yeah. is this thing making you like the story a lot is it getting that classic like friday night lights i don't like football but um this show is amazing and i'll watch it anyway vibes yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh kind of like um crimson cage it's a story about people and you don't have to be into wrestling to appreciate what's going on here um i'm sure that you guys are getting probably something a little bit extra out of it and and catching i don't know like references to moves or or dynamics that i'm not getting but i i think the story's great i love i love the relationship between the girl and her her family and i think that the demon setup is hilarious um yeah i mean it's the story is so basic that really it's about the characters and the art to me, like which are both phenomenal. Which are both Sean, yes. I almost I, what I think is applaudable or laudable, if you will, um, is that I don't really get many wink, wink, nod, nod, like in jokes in this. It it feels to me like I don't necessarily feel like there's a scene where I'm like, oh, that's reference to like I'm like, oh, I have seen matches where they put like barbed wire that way, you know, like, but. 
I actually think that he's done a really good job of inviting people outside of a circle in, but also not doing the thing where like you kind of make somebody feel like they're not getting certain aspects. Like I, I really, I don't, I don't, I didn't get any sort of like, Oh, yeah, I get that. He's, he's done a really good job of making it inviting and open for anyone to read it. Whereas yeah. I think Crimson Cage had a lot more of like winks and nods to classic wrestling stuff yep. and people. Um, yeah. Yeah. This one, oh, okay. I, I haven't really gotten that vibe so much. There's some references to yeah wrestling related, you know, moves and things that this one will do, but um, I think this is easier to access than Crimson Cage was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had no problem accessing Crimson Cage, and I think it was just on the strength of the writing where if there was something that was a reference, it wasn't necessary enough that, you know, they, they could either step me through it or it was okay if I missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess, you know, like we're thrown into so many different situations and worlds with comics every single week that maybe uh, maybe wrestling is just one of those, you know, like one of those things. Like we just talked about like seven or eight different completely different scenarios that are unbelievable in their own right and this one is no more or less unbelievable than anything else we talked about today to me um jango do you like documentaries you Um, can't get him to do it bud i don't i don't watch a ton of them i was gonna watch pontypool tonight but then i realized we had to (laughs) do this podcast sure you were oh did something remind you that you should watch that yeah yeah sean stood it up in front of my tv again Sean, that's a real passive aggressive move, dude. Well, let's let's think. How long have you had that movie, Django? Uh, I don't know, like seven or eight or nine or ten months. How long have you uh, worked at the store? I've been there since August. I gave you that before I started working there. Start- oh, God. So I think we're coming up on a year, buddy. All right. All right. Uh, maybe I'll watch it on the one year anniversary. See if you can tell me when that was. Wow. I, I used to I used to be friends with a, a man that wasn't a coward. He wasn't afraid <laughs> to watch a film. But it's I a can't zombie do movie, 80s. man. It's I got to watch it in the day. It's not. It's not. It a zombie says it movie. on the goddamn cover. It's a zombie movie. Sean, it's parallel to a zombie movie. You spend your entire film in a radio station with one guy. The Spoilers. cast is like one guy. No, it's like, it's like oh, so it's like Barry. a couple people. Yes, it's a couple people, but like there's not jumps and scary. It's not that. It's just yeah. an ominous movie. But and it has a very key like audio aspect of it that's really awesome. Nice, but it's not. Do you see a zombie in it? I I often see it compared. Thing to zombie films it's not your conventional zombie film by any i'm just fucking with you guys yeah yeah if if marvel would pull back on the content that they put out i would probably have time and yeah they've had a busy 11 months haven't they it's been a a new show months i have an hour a day to watch tv motherfucker and yet um and yet i got through three episodes of old man this week oh i'm so glad that you did you want to do that actually for a ton of time um, you can talk to my dad about it he's been trying to get me to watch it for two months now i Your gotta say i gotta say nine for do a power bomb i i, I nine maybe 9.5 it's probably the best book i read this week um yeah it's probably the best book ever that and the the, the fire one mostly just like because the art was so joyous to look at in both of those but yeah dwj just does a thing to me so i'm gonna go 9.5 on this one dwj i'll give it a nine i really like the reveal and the art is just out of this world great reveal roman uh i will also give it a nine so i'm, I'm the 9.5 guy tonight on this one Nine point five on the Richter scale. Django. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read what? as soon as this podcast is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Django. I asked about the documentary thing though because there's a really great wrestling documentary called Beyond the Mat. I've I think Jeff watched it. 
Okay, maybe that's where I heard of it. Um, but did you ever see the movie The Wrestler from Darren Aronofsky? Yes, I like that. So if you like that, that character is very heavily based on Jake the Snake Roberts, who's okay. one of the main focuses of that documentary. Okay. Um, and it is really, really good and like really sad. Um, huh. But I would highly recommend it, and it might give you a different perspective on. Wrestling. You have it on DVD. I do. <laughs> Put it right behind Pontypool. Yeah, we'll start stacking them up. You know, I've got a stack at I've got a stack at Jeff's house. I've got a stack at my friend Stan's house, and I'll soon have a stack at your house. You have uh, that's your stack at my house would be way me, smaller if I didn't have, have that to watch Beatles all those Disney set. movies. <laughs> I don't watch Disney movies. Um, what Disney movies? A goofy movie? Do you want to talk about a goofy movie? Is that what this oh, is? Hell yeah! No, like fucking Ms. Marvel and. I, I I haven't watched Captain past episode Phasma two. or whatever the fuck next Star Wars movie is going to be. <laughs> Jeez, bud. Wow, the vitriol. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us this week. We talked about comics. You met Sean Marshall. Mm. Hey, everyone. Mm. Mm. <laughs> One of my best friends in the entire world. So happy that you're a part of this comic shop. Um, so happy to have you on the show. And I he's hope yummy. That, and he's yummy. And we're going to get his audio dialed in. I'm sure you're all like, man, his audio sounds a little rough. It's my fault. It's the room he's in. We're gonna figure it out. We'll Get off my it. back. It'll maybe happen. Next time, maybe next time we should set it up at the shop for me. But then you'd be at the shop till ten thirty at I'm night. I'm already there all day, baby. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You are there all day, every day. If you come into our shop, you know Sean. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. You can send us an email at inf- or Jeff at thecomicsplace.com. My mom sent me one, but I have not received it yet. Because she sent it to Jeff at comicsplace.com over mm. and over again. Um, so please send bummer. us emails, but it is Jeff at the comicsplace.com. Um, and we would love to get your emails and your questions. Will, thank you for doing that. As always, you sent us that sweet, sweet uh, voice memo earlier today. Dominic has sent us some backup. That's been really nice. And um, my uh, Beyond or Blonde on Blonde album should be here soon. So that's exciting. Um, and uh, we've got some audio recordings that we're excited to implement, but we have not fully done it yet. So we're going to save that for another time. So as always, I am Jeff. Thank you for joining us and keep watching the skies. I am Roman. Um, live long and prosper. Me? Oh, God. What? <laughs> uh, I'm Sean and rock on. Yeah, baby. Rock on. I'm Django. And remember, when you go to Kelso, ask for a sandwich. Mmm, yummy. Yummy.